0: Welcome back, folks, to 2Bits1Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a homeschool teacher again and a laboratory builder, Dan Masters, and my good friend, a man who likes to read the rule book, and a man who needs to give us an asbestos update. Well, every human, Will, how are you
1: doing? Uh, doing right, mate. No, uh, no update on the asbestos front. I, I, I failed to call the geezer as as I'm once done with anything mildly important. Yeah. Com- uh, tell you what, I had forgotten all about it until you just said. So, uh, For fuck's I can there sake. you go. but i did i i I found out i'm definitely getting my patio fitted in the near future which is fucking cool
0: well that's great but i I do feel the maybe scam or scamola of said letter being your front lord blah 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 asbestos blah 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 and you've just gone yeah i'll fix that in another day it's fine
1: that's maybe it's maybe 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 then finally acting on my patio is uh is like it's like hush money, but without it being, I don't even know it's hush money. You know what I mean? Maybe.
0: Well, I'm just glad that there aren't maybe small people around you who have to rely on you for things. Well, that's, I'm just happy that's not the case.
1: Fuck <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I resent I resent the implication. I can I can keep my babies soon to be two of fucking fed and watered. Thank you very much. <laughs> don't Don't you worry about that. I love how the
0: miss is gonna come on one day and be like, "Where are the kids?" Are you're gonna go, "Kids." Oh, oh, shit. Oh, I need to go to shops. I'll be oh. back in a minute.
1: <laughs> what? What kids? What are you, what are you talking about? Hey, what kids? No, come on. Come on. Give me give me a wee bit of credit. A wee bit of credit. What, what fucking... Um, what shit have you been building then? What are you, fucking mad scientists now, are
0: you? Oh, no. George has got me back into Minecraft. So we're back on that again.
1: Oh, all right, all right. And we're playing it... T- so you made it sound like you're actually building a fucking... Laboratory. No. the The... Yeah, yeah, the Cheshire branch of uh, of Pfizer or whatever.
0: No, I have well, I have no discernible skills apl- applicable to the real world at all. So, <laughs> me building anything would be Minecraft. However, sort exactly, it's a great game to play with your kids. It really is because it's just you just let their imagination go crazy. So we're just so we're currently. I said to Georgia, I said, let's not have something that's going to take us five minutes. Let's try and do like a big project. We can just keep going back to it whenever we want. There's no timeline. So she said, right, "I want to build Jurassic Park." Then, so I said, "Okay then." So we're building Jurassic Jurassic Park, and we're currently building the area where the dinosaurs are created and stuff. So yeah, that's what we're doing.
1: Come on, that's that's pretty heavy. It is good. It is
0: good. It's a great game. Parents, yeah. If you, even if you're not a games player, maybe try and get into Minecraft because and play it with the kids. It's dead easy, dead chill, lot of fun. You can put it on peaceful mode as well, so there's so you don't get like the zombies and skeletons that try and you know hurt you and stuff, even though they look crappy. But my daughter likes to play on peaceful mode, so she doesn't have to worry about that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, you just just go and build your own little world. It's great stuff.
1: It's it's, it's such a nice little addition for so many games nowadays to have those like easy modes or assist modes or like I say peaceful modes to to be able to get kids into games and like experiencing new forms of activities with their parents and actually feel like some sense of accomplishment with it.
0: Absolutely. Because as
1: much as yeah, you, know, you can you can give anyone a controller. As we all know, if you're just gonna go out and not understand the controls and might like, die all the time or fail all the time, like what's there's no fun in it. So no, big up, big up to any game that gives like an assist mode where literally a two year old could pick it up and start playing. Do you know how much Microsoft
0: paid Notch for the rights to that game? Oh, billions, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like it was like two point six billion dollars. That's fucking insane. <laughs> That's
1: insane. Crazy, absolutely crazy, but. Probably worth it, I reckon.
0: It goes to show it's yeah, it's playability. It doesn't matter how good your graphics are, doesn't matter how good your story is, it doesn't matter you could spend all the money look at all the triple A games that have come out over the past few years have just died on their ass Games like Anthem and stuff like that. I've never even I wouldn't even consider playing that. On, mate. Yeah, I'll go back to Minecraft over and over and over again. Because it's a little simple, playable game it's dead easy and dead fun. That's all you need. What could you ask for? What more could you ask for? Exactly. Alright, I've got a like a I guess not a hot question, but something that's been bugging me this week in regards to the North Division. And my question was going to sort of lead off with, and this was something I, I put on Twitter the other day, that I can't judge this Leafs team until they play somebody who's actually good. And as we
1: said... Which which ain't, ain't going to happen. Yeah,
0: not until at least the semifinals of the playoffs. So we'll have to wait and see, I guess. It was kind of my, I guess, annoyance that... The the North Division just ended up not being what we wanted it to be. I mean, places two to six, I guess, are. I guess they're up for grabs week in, week week out. Things change and teams seemingly drop like a stone or fly up like a hot air balloon in the standings. And that seems to change all the time. But I wanted one to six, battle for the lead of the division, all that kind of thing. The Leafs have I... And this is how I kind of change this question because the Leafs are clearly the best team in that division by a million miles. We all know it. And we all predicted it at the start of the year. It would have been fun if it was different, but it isn't. That's fine. My question has been more the coverage of the North Division by the Canadian media. And this is what's annoyed me. And the, the kind of pushing of the narrative that Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are dominating the league is just wrong. And I don't get, and I'm gonna maybe insult an entire nation here, as is my want to do, as it's my show, and I can say these things. And I apologize, Canadians, not trying to. You're all lovely people. Please don't hurt me. I mean, you wouldn't because you know, you know, it's Canadian. You know, it's Canada. And kind of like
1: their whole shtick. Yeah, it? they're
0: really nice. But the I don't know if it's like uh, because uh, God, this is gonna. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers. I'm so sorry. But because a Canadian team, it's been so long since they've won a cup. Or is it like an inferiority complex in Canada, or something like that? Because all I keep hearing is about these players who are supposedly running roughshod over this league, and they're not. They're running roughshod over a terrible, terrible division. And I guess, I
1: guess we'll start with that. Yeah, it's and and, and a lot of the focus is being put on the North Division with this discussion but really it should be applied to evaluation of any players uh, across the league because there ain't a league this year. It's it's four separate, completely separate divisions. Might as well be playing in different fucking leagues. Like to say even Nathan McKinnon or Victor Hedman or fucking whoever you want it to be, like there isn't going to be a best player in the league this year or at least you can't you can't assess a best player in the league this year because you ain't playing three quarters of the league and And even even more so with anyone in the North division, because they are the smallest division, therefore there are the largest number of teams what twenty four teams that they're not playing as opposed to twenty three for any player in any other division it's and yet nah, unsurprisingly, the North division in a a sport dominated by Canadian media coverage by Canadian personalities by Canadian players like it is is ultimately a Canadian originating sport. we can't deny that shock horror, the North Division is getting the most coverage and the most smoke blown up their arses sort of thing. And, and that's, it's fair in some sense because of course like, you know, Sportsnet and TSN and all that are going to cover the North Division more because that's what that's where their customer base is, is based. You know, you, NBC is for the American audience, Sportsnet and TSN are for, for the Canadian audience. It does make sense and they have the lion's share of coverage, even even sort of outside of like the TV broadcasts, I'd, I'd say I I'd probably get more Sportsnet content shared to like my Twitter timeline or whatever than I do NBC content, which is probably for the best. Um, <laughs> and it, and it's, it's it's only exacerbated by the fact that yes, McDavid, Andrew, Shtyl, and Marner and Matthews are having stellar years in the North Division, and and that's it. That's end of conversation. You can't be the best player in the league if you're not playing three quarters of the league.
0: I, I'm not against the amount of coverage. As you say, it's a Canadian sport, mainly. I get it. There's only seven teams, but it is a Canadian, you know, the Canadian national sport. It's going to get more coverage. I listen to Canadian radio for that coverage. I have no issue with them covering the North Division 95%. They should do because that's that's what they're going to do. But it's the constant kind of... I listened to 31 Thoughts this week, and I, I thought Merrick oh, nice. was smarter than this. But the way he was like, you know, that kind of why do the why why do the other three divisions hate the North Division? I'm like, what are you talking about? Nobody hates the North Division. I think they're just looking at it like, why are you going so gung ho and crazy, saying that the good players are ripping up the NHL when they're clearly not. And the kind of, can you believe Austin Matthews has got 17 goals already? Can you believe Conor McDavid's got 38 points already? Yes. Yes, I can. Because they're playing terrible teams every other night. They're playing Ottawa or Vancouver or Calgary or Montreal when they're hitting the skids. There's, there's no other good teams. They're all terrible. And this constant, oh my God, can you believe this? Yes. Yes, I can. I can believe it completely. Why are we surprised at this? Austin Matthews is not suddenly just a good player. He's been a good player for the past three or four years. Now, it's exemplified more now because he's playing against awful goalies, an awful demon every night. McDavid is the same. He's not suddenly just got good. He's always been this good. But now he's playing against worse teams. Matthews isn't having to play Tampa and Boston or a resurgent Florida. McDavid's not having to play a stingy Dallas Stars defense or a Blackhawks team who's suddenly on the rise or whoever. Like you say, they're not playing... 75% of other teams. So Marek going on saying about like, oh, well, clearly uh, the American uh, people hate the North Division. I was like, this is a weird like inferiority thing or something. I I don't get it. And somebody made a really good point on Twitter about, they replied to a tweet, which was the, you know, we're focusing too much on the lack of defense in the North Division. How about it's just there's really good offensive players? And the best reply to that tweet was, "Name me the top five D men in the North Division, and then we'll talk about how good that D
1: actually is." So, for um, high danger scoring chances given up so far this season, yeah, yeah, of the of the top ten teams in that category or the bottom ten, however you want to look at it, the ten teams who've given up the most. Um, how many of them do you think are from the North Division? <laughs>
0: Just the teams, yeah. Just the teams. It's yeah. got to be six or seven.
1: It's fucking six. Yeah. There's only one North Division team who's not in the top ten, and that's Montreal, who are who are pretty stingy defensively, to be fair. And the top four: Vancouver, Ottawa, the, uh, Winnipeg, and Edmonton, have given up the the most, the most fucking high high danger chances against. Like these. Granted, that sort of has a... Double edged sword effect, where yes, that is they're generating more offense because of it because of it. But these Canadian teams, as a whole, are fucking leaking high danger scoring chances against. Absolutely leaking them. Utterly leaking them. Like it's it's ridiculous. Credit to the credit to the Canadians. They're they're doing well. They're 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 up in. Do my maths eighth in the league for for not giving them up if I if I've made any sense of that. But yeah, yeah. of course you are gonna do that when you've got Kerry Price Kerry Price playing pretty well and you've got Shea Weber Jeff Petrie having a fucking career year and shit like that. They're all just fucking diabolical. And even when you take it to, to like shots allowed in um in general, what have you got? Fucking even even Montreal, Montreal are the only ones who are doing particularly well there. They're minus nineteen percent. In shots allowed at five on five, compared to the rest of the league, you got fucking Cal Calgary are doing all right minus seven percent. Who's a big one? Yeah, Vancouver plus eighteen oh. percent. Winnipeg plus fourteen percent. Oh my god! Ottawa, who are, who are meant to be the default fucking bullshit team in the league, they're limiting their five on five chances against better than or almost every other team, which is which is ludicrous. Like. This is this is a fucking weak division defensively, with granted some incredible offensive talent. It's yeah. You don't even, you don't have to fucking look into fancy stats and all that shit to fucking work it out. This was stuff that we knew going into the season. This was stuff we knew going into last season. Like defense has always been an issue for these Canadian teams: the Leafs, Oilers, uh, the Jets, obviously the Senators, the the fucking Canucks. The only two teams that you could argue have competent NHL defenses going into this season are Montreal and Calgary, and that and that's just on paper. And it's and it's it's bearing out. Like yeah, you you don't have to do any any advanced analytic analysis of these teams to work that out. That's pure eye test shit. People fucking knew it coming in, and it's been an issue for years. So, it's a perfect storm, and it was always going to end up this way. So for people to come out and say like. Oh, we're gonna to have to give out four heart trophies, one for each of the golden boys in Canada. It's like fucking shut the fuck up. You're you're an idiot. You're, they they shouldn't give out a heart trophy this year, frankly, or they should give out one for each uh one for each um division, or give it out after the playoffs.
0: I agree on that completely. I agree on that completely. I was gonna well, I've I've got a, a couple of stats in it that I'll come back to, but you mentioned the Heart Trophy, and this was something I wanted to talk about. Is that Surely the heart trophy consideration should be like you say, like this is going to be massively affected. How can you have a heart trophy if you've only played six teams? How does that doesn't that doesn't make sense? I don't understand how that makes sense.
1: I It especially doesn't make sense based on the way that we've treated the heart trophy as a best player rather than a most valuable player. Yeah. If you again is it that time of year again? If you <laughs> if you purely look at it as like value. Then, yes, you can have a most valuable player across four individual divisions because you just measure that player's value against in the games that they played. That's absolutely fine. But it's when you start comparing their performance on like a skill level, like an achievement level against other people who have played different teams on different teams with different players, yada, yada, yada. You can't fucking do that. You can't. It's mental. Absolutely, absolutely. You might as well be comparing. Fucking Austin Matthews, to Tom Brady at that point, because it's not the same.
0: Yeah, and look, I understand. Like you're going to have weak divisions, and maybe it's because I'm consuming Canadian content more as a hockey fan. But if Nathan McKinnon, if if that division was as bad as we thought it was going to be, and it was Vegas, St Louis, and Colorado, and then five absolute shitters. I'd be and and then everyone was saying, Oh my god, can you believe Nathan McKinnon's got this many points? If he had like, I don't know, say it was Matthew McDavid, he's got like thirty six, thirty seven points or whatever at this point in the season. I'd be saying this I'd be saying the same thing. How can you judge that? You can't it doesn't make any sense. I yeah, I agree completely. i how can you how can you have a heart trophy? How can you have I mean anything, like Vezina, all of it. Now fair enough, if Conor McDavid ends up with something like 150 points in fifty games, alright, maybe I'll think you know I'll t- I'll take that into consideration. Maybe I'll say, "All right, maybe." But even then, I'd be thinking it's still not an accurate reflection <laughs> because you can't tell. So a couple of uh, a couple of uh, I don't know if you had any other stats, but here's a good one I found. I I did kind of go to I I could have done ten D men, but as I went further down the list, I kind of noticed a couple of extras coming in. So I made it of the thirteen of thirteen defensemen that lead the league in giving away the puck. Eleven of them playing the North Division, which is Mate, insane.
1: That's fucking madness. Like <laughs> eleven. Yeah, right, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take a similar thing. Top top ten high danger chances against because that, that that's the important one for me. Like if you're giving up high danger, ch- I don't care if you obviously giveaways and that is important, but giveaways aren't like um, critical relative to relative to position on the ice like yeah that's true giving up a high danger chance against that is you are you you've had a litany of mistakes that have led to the other team actually being able to score a goal definitively and yeah of the top 10 uh we've got two who are not in the canadian division duncan (laughs) keith and seth jones like it's and that's just our defenseman you just look at this fucking like list of names it's not you've still got What you would class good Canadian division defencemen. Arguably, there's a couple of names in there like Thomas Chabot, Quinn Hughes, uh, Darnell Nurse, Josh Morrissey. Fair enough, they're probably eating up an offensive amount of time on ice compared to others, thus increasing their accounting stats for stuff like high danger chances, high danger chances against. But yeah, if you just expand out of the top 10, like it's just nothing but Canadian division defencemen. And I'm not being funny. To I'm sure people are going to try and make the argument of like, yeah, that's just how fucking good like the forward talent is in the North Division. Like, if it was that good, these Canadian teams would have been eating up player, eating up American teams last year. They'd have been yeah. eating them up the year before. And granted, yeah, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, even Miner and Matthews have been great players, but they haven't been. <laughs> 1.9 points a game, good or whatever it is. Like it's too much of a coincidence that people, like, like you said, like no disrespect to anyone specific in the Canadian media, but it's dumb. It's it's idiocy to if you sincerely think, if you're if you're sincerely ignoring the clear correlation of this COVID altered season and the sudden explosion of scoring from these Canadian teams.
0: Did you check out? Uh, did you check out Corsi as well for the D-men?
1: Oh, I didn't, but I can. I can have a little. Oh, I, I little checked Swing it. for you, thanks to our friends at uh, Natural. Natura, oh, I, natura, oh, I, natura, I checked Christ. it. I
0: checked it. So yeah, you did in the top thirty defensemen uh, for Corsi, and I did put the. I always like to put the uh, the time on ice as well, so it wasn't just like anybody. Yeah. You know, if one guy's played one game,
1: that doesn't obviously fucking count. To be a Rasmus Sandin, <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, Corsi, Corsi four percentage of twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah. So, of the top 30
0: defensemen in the league, six of them play in the Canadian division. Yet, three of them play for the Habs. So, if you take those three out and call it the top 27, of the top 27 defensemen in the league, in terms of Corsi, three of them play in the North division. Around 11% of the league. Now, as you know, there are four divisions. So, it should be 25%. So you will get less than half of your good defenseman quota. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like going back to that question that I saw on Twitter, that somebody and this this kind of this comment was it it essentially killed the conversation because he was right. And he said, "Name me the top five D-men in the North Division." Then who are the top five? You're building like five D-men for your team. What five are you taking that make people go, "Oh yeah, for sure." Yeah, there's 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 D-men that are decent. But there's none that are just gonna scare you to death.
1: There's you haven't got any Norris candidates in there, have you? Well, not not until this year. <laughs> not yeah. You do now, well, they're,
0: they're all Norris candidates.
1: <laughs> how how criminal is it gonna be if we end up with like pure Yeah, your heart is dries out all McDavid and Matthews, in fucking uh you're uh almost, What's the word I'm looking for? Norris is like Hughes, Weber, and like Thomas Chabot or whatever. Fucking Vesna's going to be Price, like, Hellebuck, Anderson. <laughs> oh my Anderson! Ugh. Ugh. That'd be Price, Jake Allen, and uh, Hellebuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I was just going to say, like results-wise and comp- competition-wise, like I think I think it's been fairly as expected. Like the Leafs running away with it as they should, and then a decent battle for the next five teams and then the centers at the bottom. Yeah. I think that's been pretty pretty expected. But oh, yeah, just yeah, absolutely this coverage of, of fucking that's oh, the resurgence of of Canadian supremacy is like, "Come on people, come on."
0: Yeah. Yeah, and to circle back around to that was my original that's my original issue. I don't care that it gets covered a lot. It should be covered a lot. It's in that country. You're comment you're you know looking at your own country. No issue with that. Hey, you should. We're all impressed by the the rate that, like, you know, that those top, like I mentioned, those top four players are performing. They're performing really well. You can only beat who's in front of you. You can only play who's in front of you. That's great, but don't pretend like they're ripping up the league completely, because that's where you just lose all credibility. Because and they're not. And I just and it, it it irked me because I could have mentioned it last week, and I just keep seeing it more and more and more and more.
1: But it's, it's impressive in the same way when the Gizru, who, who plays for the NIHL team comes and bangs in five goals and four assists in like a half an hour wreck team scrimmage. It's like, oh yeah, that's cool. He's really good, but the rest of us are really fucking shit. So, uh, how about you fuck off?
0: What it is is I I turn up to my uh, to my daughter's school with ten of my mates and we play eleven aside against a bunch of ten year olds and I go Can you believe I scored seven goals? Woohoo! And I was like, Oh my god, he was awesome today. He's got seven goals.
1: Their keeper was shit. <laughs> yes, I can believe it. I think, I think what the point we're trying to get at is Conor McDavid's just being a bit of a dick at this point. Like, it's like, all right, mate. You don't you don't need to be like this. because you just tone it down a little bit?
0: Yeah, we get it, Connor. You're decent. Ah, no, you just he has no need to take oh, the piss. Oh. It's a bit. Oh,
1: you're fast. Oh, you're fast boy. <laughs> oh, look at me, I'm quite quick. <laughs> Let's see how good he'd be if he couldn't skate. That's that's a judge of a judge of a real player if you ask me. If he yeah. was really slow,
0: What's I'm trying to, to think of
1: nobody's talking about Matt Zuccarello. Matt Zuccarello yeah, that's right? true. Seven points in four games. Like, was, sis, where's a, where's a Joe players, Pavelski's like?
0: credit? Where's all that?
1: Oh, Joe Pivoski's fallen, fallen right off now. He's just, oh, is he? he's dab. He's a he's a mortal now. Only seventeen and thirteen. Useless. Only for a, for a 30, thirty-six-year-old. he thirty-six. Useless.
0: Now? Either way, he's old. All right.
1: Yeah, the long long and short of it. Fuck the Canadians. Fuck Conor McDavid. <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, Canada. I'm sorry, but come on, get a grip. All right. So we start the
1: show. Oh, alright then. <laughs> it's bad though it's it's really bad and it's, it's gonna be it's it's a problem because he even it's, it's not even to say like Congie David doesn't necessarily deserve the heart or like whoever gets it from the Canadian division like yeah they have been great forwards but it's just a fundamentally flawed situation this year dude when I do you know
0: like I said I, I've I could have mentioned this last week I was like ah whatever who cares as soon as I saw fucking 31 thoughts why does the American division hate the North I was like what are we doing
1: what are we doing here <laughs> this is insane like oh, come on I thought um, we were I thought we were all real people we yeah. not just but then how how much of that is Sportsnet's uh, you know the fucking de- decision makers the bankrollers, saying we want you to ham up the Canadian division as if it's a fucking pro wrestling like uh <laughs> bit do you know what i mean because that'd make the money that'd make the money wouldn't it there's got to be some sort of agenda of like right talking points we can't have you being we can't have you talking down the quality of these canadian teams that has that has to factor into it that has to factor into it like you know mr big suit at sportsnet surely has to say to all the analysts like you can't be too critical of these canadian teams because this is our product as much as like they are just broadcasting what happens on the ice If you're suddenly pointing out all the reasons why the Canadian teams are shit, it's potentially going to drive audiences away, especially in this modern uh, media-consuming situation, where where you could just illegally or not like go and chuck on an American game and watch the Lightning versus the Panthers or whatever it might be. That's a great point. That is a great
0: great point. As they cut back to the studio on TSN or Sportsnet, like well, Pierre. Great, great start for Austin Matthews there, two goals in the first period, and Pierre just goes, yeah, but look who he's playing.
1: Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that, can exactly. you? <laughs> exactly. But he's got, he's got Billy Big Bollocks with a gun on his back like, yeah, go on, Pierre. Go on, he's the second coming of Mario Lemieux. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Come on. It's just Come snipers.
0: On. The snipers in each studio <laughs> just trained, <laughs> trained on the analyst in case they start slagging
1: off fucking Edmonton's defensive capabilities. <laughs> i just want to talk about winnipeg's lack of defensive <laughs> <laughs> oh my wow. god is bob mckenzie dead
0: <laughs> wow how could that how could that have happened okay I guess, yeah, we'll well, go very our, I guess we'll go to our next analyst then yeah great move there against a great defensive team and you just hear a well done that's right well done
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, like when you catch like players swearing on the uh on the live mics for the eyes or the pitch or whatever just somebody in the background like yeah yeah that's more like it
0: <laughs> you know. that's a great point though do you know I never thought of that I didn't I didn't think of that you're right they that can't was... go on the air can they on radio on TV or anything and just basically say how bad the, the defensive play is because you, like you say you're like you are You want people to watch oh, and do you know what okay clearly this wasn't the start of the show and I'm leaving all this in the other thing was, as well, <laughs> I was listening to uh, Overdrive, as I want to do. And I know it's Leafs-centric, but I do believe they do a good show. I genuinely believe that. And they were talking about the game against Montreal on Saturday. Bearing in mind, at this point, the Leafs, I think, were 12 points up in the playoff standings. So, all right, they were, I think they were like five or six ahead. In But they were 12 points ahead in the standings. And they were talking about, I mean, wow, big game this weekend. Oh, my God. I mean, wow. I was like, how? 12 points clear. How is it a big game? Like, you guys literally can just cruise all the way through now. Just start resting, guys. Who cares? You can just cruise. It's not a big game. But now you've said that, you're right. They have to push it as a big game. They have to push it as an important game. Because you can't just say, I mean, who cares? Whatever.
1: I mean, yeah, we'll be fine. To be fair, though, when you're giving up four goal leads to the Senators, you can't have to look at every game as like, this is a must win because who the fuck knows what's going to happen if we don't treat it like that. (laughs) Must win game tonight. Must win. We're only
0: six games up on everyone else. Must win. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen if we lose this. The wheel's going to come off. You You are right. That's a great point. You are right. They have to promote it as such, don't they? They've got a job to do. Not just to report on it, but to also promote what's going on on their stations.
1: It's a it's a great uh, microcosm of the issue with uh, you know corporate run media, be it uh, be it real news or, or sports news. But that is a probably a conversation for a different day, really, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I guess. So, right this time, shall we start the show? <laughs> nah. As always, we're sponsored and brought to you by WaveIntel. Check them out for all your hockey data, a raft of information and easy to read. than a Mr. Man book, Wave WaveIntel online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Also, check out Three Men and Their Babies podcasts at men underscore babies on Twitter. And we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, smart speakers, anywhere else you listen and being played while the cover from one of our plane engines falls to pieces in midair. And if you could leave a nice review where you listen, that would be great. Your first stars of the week this week were uh, a hockey player called Austin Matthews, who's been christened the Second Coming of Jesus Christ by the Canadian media, and Covenant House Ben's Kids Health Centre lead nurse, Elisa or Eliza Simpson. I apologize, Elisa or Eliza, whichever way your name's pronounced, but uh, she's been a registered nurse since 2013 and works as the lead nurse at Toronto's Covenant House. Ben's Kids Health Center, where youth experiencing homelessness and survivors of sex trafficking receive mental and physical health support. And when I read that, I was thinking she should be the first star of the week every week because that job sounds horrendously distressing and
1: like hard. So, fucking Elisa or Eliza, you are an absolute legend. Massively, like you can't you can't stress how important it is to work with uh, you know survivors of abuse of of, of any nature and and especially children. You know because. 'Cause that's gonna have such a long lasting effect on their emotional well being and their emotional development. So yeah, uh Elisa or Eliza, fucking power to you. You got the seal of approval from from two prints on Fuck, which I know you've been yearning for. It's <laughs> the only reason you got into the business in the first place.
0: <laughs> Hopefully one day two fucking idiots from England will think I've done a good job and I can and I can retire happy.
1: Quickly get it listening. Go on. It's all it's all it's all over now, you can stop trying.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. I will say just quickly, wildly off topic, I did used to work for, um, I was like seconded to like a district nurses team, which is nurses that go out and about oh, yeah. and see people. And the the team I was working with primarily focused on children. And they'd found out that from sort of an early early age, you have to have those bonds with children. And they found that babies that, even if, if babies had had sort of up to one year old, if they'd been in not abusive houses and they were hit or anything, but they were just kind of left to run for themselves or left kind of feral, if you will, even up to the age of one, they found then that after that, they would have massive issues. So it's like, it is critically important from the second like that baby gets into the world that you start helping it and bonding with it and because do it, it does matter. So people like Elise are doing God's work.
1: And there's... Just, just to get one last completely unqualified statement in on that topic, like, <laughs> yeah, again, basically wildly off topic, but like, there is no shame in like admitting defeat as a parent. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you are not in a right position, mentally, physically, in your your life for whatever reason it might be, like, giving a child up for adoption is a is a noble thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, because in the end it benefits you, the child can, more. Yeah, absolutely. If you can if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, oh, I am not capable. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not a failure to admit that, you know, we all have our own issues for whatever reason. And like if you if you're able to understand that and do what's best for your child, like fucking that's that's an important thing to consider too.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of making the right decision, like Tahoe will, as we move on.
1: Um Oh,
0: oh, 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 <laughs> As I segue, as I segue from a doctor. Love it. Into ice hockey. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Here's, I'll just give my quick. I'm not going to pile on because I think it was a good idea and it looked beautiful. And we were messaging back and forth because we were both watching it via questionable means, obviously, because the NHL coverage is ridiculous. It was so, it was so an NHL event. They got so close to getting it right. They were so close, but they. Just missed it again
1: (laughs) they just missed the mark didn't they it's it's hard isn't it because you the view is the reason you're there yeah i mean like because it's not yeah to have those to have those shots when you're cutting to intermission or or tv time out or whatever of of the lake and the mountains in the background swooping in for a face off or whatever and you've got that all around you with all the trees and stuff it looks incredible and that is the whole point you're doing it there Otherwise you might as well just do it in like a Walmart park- parking lot or whatever. And it like it doesn't if you haven't got the view, there's no point being there. And to, to fully appreciate the view, yeah, a mid afternoon uh you know, <laughs> kickoff puck drop would have been is is the ideal time to do it. And to an extent, from from my understanding and the reports have been made, even even in the morning, like it started out a bit drizzly and hazy and stuff, like it was meant to be perfectly acceptable conditions especially when you can compare it to like um, the Philly-Boston game the day after like they they obviously started a little bit later than Colorado-Vegas did but they used to the sun and it was still obviously wasn't that much of an issue so I think there is an element of bad luck there as opposed to bad planning to an extent obviously you know it's I think they probably made a calculated risk knowing full well that yeah a 7pm puck drop would have been ideal but you're going to get more eyes, internationally especially, by having the 12pm pop drop, and it just unfortunately didn't work out.
0: I think my only thing would have been, if I was planning an NHL game outdoors, I'd maybe try and avoid the sun. And <laughs> I know I know the weather predicted, cloud cover and all that, but somebody must have said, somebody must have said, I say this all the time, somebody must have been sat in a meeting with Gaz and Bill and said... What if the clouds just aren't there and it's really, really, really sunny? What do we do? Like, somebody must have said that. But, I I mean, I understand what you're saying. There's TV contracts and, like you say, the international market. Because we, let's not forget, it is an international sport. Especially if, you know, you want to try and catch some sort of Scandinavian countries or Eastern European countries or that kind of thing. It does make sense to have it there. For, for
1: For the marquee event of the season as well. Yeah. And so I mean, they, they got it done in the end. Like they had contingency for it at least. I suppose that the the major risk that we were facing, especially when you look at some of those like highlight compilation clips of of the sketchy eyes making people you know, players and refs fall and stuff, like we're just lucky that everyone came out of it unscathed to an extent. Yeah, that's like, a that was point. the biggest risk really. Because they got the game done in the end and, and whatever they you can argue it ruined the integrity of, of, of the game being played, but whatever, we, we've got three periods of hockey done within the 24 hours, so I can, jobs are good as far as I'm concerned. Is
0: that the longest game ever? Game time was like 10 hours, 37 minutes or something. It's got to be.
1: <laughs> so, shit, and nobody got done for delay of game. That's, ah, that's the crazy. mental thing.
0: But then it, Gaz and Bill should have gone sat in the penalty box for two minutes for, t- for a nine-hour delay of game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just loved how like, what the game resumed at like five AM our time. Yeah, is that about right? I think it was mate. Any, yeah, because yeah, it was midnight night, Eastern. Was at... I'm sure it was midnight Eastern. Yeah, so it would have been like five out yeah, it was five hours. Yeah, midnight Eastern they started. Five, so mate, any any later I'd have thought about waking up early and catching the uh, catching <laughs> the last the two bit. periods. There,
0: there was Fucking there was a little bit of issue with the sun in the Boston game because I know on Pastak's first goal, Marshall said he passed it because he couldn't see the goal. So it was a 2-1-1. At- and Marshon said, "I I passed it because I couldn't see the goal. I had no idea where the goal was, so I just passed it." <laughs> even,
1: even just watching watching that goal, I was thinking, "Like, how did Pasternak anticipate that puck coming? Because like you you couldn't see fuck all." And you know, and even the
0: commentary in that game as well was very like they were behind. I think on four of the Boston goals, you can hear them going, it's "Shot." and he scored because everyone stops and the players start celebrating and the commentary team are like oh he scored he must have scored okay okay yeah because they couldn't tell either because i couldn't it was like i was watching hockey for like the you know when you watch hockey for the first time and you're like where the fuck is the puck i'll get in a minute yeah, oh there is it is got it got on. it got it i kept doing that in the game i kept looking at it like where's the puck where's the puck i was like "Oh, okay there it is there it's got it got it got it
1: it's hard isn't it because you you almost want these especially like the weird location outdoor games. You almost want them to be like exhibition games so that like there isn't any bearing on the league standings if, if there are issues with Shadow or or Sketchy ice or whatever, especially in a shortened season such as this year. But then you run into the issues of if you make it an exhibition game, it ain't going to have any... I'd say we've all watched exhibition hockey, but we haven't, and there's a reason for that, Like, yeah. and that's the problem. I was wondering so about...
0: Could they could they have done something else in regards to? Mind you, it's the heat, isn't it? That would make it worse. I was thinking of like some kind of two way mirrored glass or something that kind of goes higher, or I don't know, just to eliminate the kind of glare on the ice. Or <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I was trying what? to think like, how could they kind of get around it? So
1: you wanna you wanna put mirrors? You wanna put massive, <laughs> massive like ten foot tall mirrors all around the ice instead of the glass. Well, in order to c- combat the sun glare on the I'm just the an ice. ideas
0: man. I'm an ideas man, that's all. I just, I'll just, Bra- just throw Bra- ideas. Brad
1: Marshand and- yeah. Marsh and- <laughs> yeah. Marsh will be out for two to three weeks after drowning in the uh, Lake Tahoe <laughs> game on Sunday. <laughs> but that's the
0: thing. I was just thinking, like, maybe next, if they did it again, could they put it literally in between could they find the perfect spot where it's just surrounded by trees <laughs> and just like put it in between the trees somehow i was like there's got to no, be another way around it because it it, again, Under it looked, a gazebo yeah yeah good yeah good idea good idea it did look so good it looks so oh, good
1: i'll t- I tell you what they could do what they Go could on. do yeah they could find like a really nice location you know like like clay tahoe or like anywhere sort of scenic around around the world yeah Build, build a rink there, yeah. Build a rink, but you'd have to have stands because, in theory, the next one we're going to be able to have fans. So, you, you build like stands around it. So, for people to sit in, maybe 17, 18, 19,000 people or whatever. Then, you're going to need yeah, infrastructure to serve those, those fans. So, you're going to need like toilets and like uh, food vendors and drinks vendors and stuff. So, you build those into this like complex in, in, in Lake Tahoe. And then, to avoid the sun, you build like walls and a roof around it. Yeah, <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, and go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then you've got this like it's going to be fully self sufficient. Yeah, you've got all the amenities that like fans and media and people would need, and like the teams they could have dressing rooms in there like closer to the ice to eliminate that walk. And then the walls and the ceiling would uh, would be opaque to to block out the sun. And then jobs are good.
0: I think that's going to catch on.
1: Players I, 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 players I
0: dressing in the building. I don't know, dude. That just seems weird. What if they saw each other's willies or something? That's weird. I don't it's, like that. It's,
1: it's, it's playing hockey outside, but you're playing hockey inside. So, it's wacky. It's wacky, but I like it. Is as a wise man once said, Dan? I'm just an ideas guy.
0: Just an ideas guy. I was wondering other places they could play, and I think I do think they have this. They have this opportunity to let's just be kind of a bit nuts with it and just go kind of crazy. And like you mentioned about the, bas- the basketball game being played on an aircraft carrier last week why don't you just start yeah. doing because the outdoor okay i get it the outdoor games are exciting but people get bored of things quickly as i've mentioned before the space race died a death because people got bored of people going to the moon and into space people got bored of that which is insane until you do something like the like the mars thing now which is 40 years later or whatever it is so why don't you just start like ask retzky can we set up a rink in your backyard mate can we play a game there? And then we'll we'll just have like fifty fans you've got to pay an absolute megaton premium to go to watch an NHL game in Gretzky's back garden.
1: Why don't do something like that? He's gotta have a pretty nice garden for it to be worth setting up and like, oh and look, there's Gretzky's fourth bathroom window and you can see <laughs> Janet, you know, having <laughs> shaving her armpits up there. <laughs> Yeah, but clearly, like you know, you bl- you are not gonna have people walking in out of his kitchen.
0: All right, Wayne, just getting a brew mate. Look <laughs> at that happen, yeah, is well, it? You might do, though. Yeah, maybe. I do.
1: He used to say one of his one of his kids moving in and out?
0: Like, yeah, but maybe you just have. Okay, so maybe you just have dignitaries going or something like that. People in the game or people have already been to Wayne's house. Just have the just
1: have the eighty-three Oilers <laughs> like as the crowd. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Lowe's just sitting around like, "Yeah, Wayne, can I do anything for you?" No, stop touching <laughs> things, Kevin. Kevin <laughs> Lowe just keeps nicking stuff from Gretzky's house. Yes, I got his it's grandfather clock. Stop, <laughs> and I'm going to trade it for yeah for a fucking alarm digital alarm clock. But they have what, that ability. They, they on, have that ability on top of the Millennium Dome. Ah, oh, dude, that would be awesome. Don't flatten it or anything. Just have the curve of the dome. What's Don't the, tallest, what's the tallest
0: building in the world? Isn't it that two thing in? Is it Dubai
1: well, the, or? The, well the Burj Khalifa
0: yeah is it that how about a game on up there
1: I think so I don't know if the shard is bigger than it but I'd imagine it's the Burj Khalifa still hockey I think, at, like hockey I think a thousand you, feet I think the whole point of of like the world's tallest building is it's not like it's just flat at the top do you know what I mean it's no, it's no I don't mean literally on top of it you fool <laughs> well I mean you, you weren't clear enough about that sorry
0: alright obviously inside near the top of it but yeah just, just do that because, you, because why not why not you have you have hundred how many fucking games a year you have 82 games just have one in a wacky place and make it
1: more fun make it interesting maybe then more people I, I are reckon that'd in. still be interesting wouldn't it like because then, then you've got the windows all around and you could just see this massive like yeah, you're, you're a thousand feet up or whatever it is
0: yeah like like a desert oasis stretching out in front of you and I will say and last I thing, feel on, like you last probably thing can't, on Lake Tahoe probably as well probably can't have a rink go on. <laughs> let's have them play roller instead Yeah, it'll be fine. (laughs) It's fine. No problems there. Shout out to the people that they honoured during the game. Did you see the screen? (laughs) Shout out to Dusty Gooch. Shout out to Dusty Gooch. One of the most unfortunate names I've ever read or heard in my entire life.
1: The build-up to the Dusty Gooch reveal was fucking magnificent. (laughs) Because I had a wee chuckle when... What, what was the anthem singer named Kerry, Kerry Gooch, Kelly Gooch, something like that. Something like that. Somewhere along those lines. No offense, Ms. Gooch, you were just you were just usurped by because because he's her dad, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking reveal for Dusty R. Gooch. <laughs> Power to him because he's a he's like a firefighter and that like big, up, a big legit, up. He's a fucking legend? He's a
0: hero. You know, doing, like he's a legit
1: hero. Doing, doing the important work. But fuck me. Fuck me. How. How did his parents do pull that one off?
0: They did him bad, but also just
1: change your name. Change your name. Who cares? Now, why? Why would you? Why would you? If you're blessed with such a wonderful name as Dusty Gooch? like how could you, <laughs> mate? I I tell you now. I tell you now. There's going there would have been lists of like here's all the first responders that we can honour. Like, So I think they're all local, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. Because he was he was on he was on duty. Yeah, a list of, like, however many it is, 200 first responders in, in a local Lake Tahoe area or whatever who are nominated, guarantee whoever was flicking through that list, first name you highlighted was Dusty Gooch, like, On oh, mate, we've got to get Dusty Gooch on there, because yeah. because of, like, the memeability of it, and then you're going to get more free advertising for the Lake Tahoe games and stuff, more free exposure and stuff. It's guaranteed that was done deliberately. He was chosen because his name was Dusty Gooch.
0: Yeah, genius, genius PR move. They're going down the list, aren't we? Marie Phillips, Steve Andrews, Brian Johnson, Dusty Gooch. Okay, I got it. I got it. We, let's go.
1: Was he Was he the last one revealed as well? Like, he had to <laughs> like have been. the X Factor winner. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> you're <X-Factor> on. <laughs> Dusty
0: Gooch. Oh God they should have had like they should have had him come out like with, like stars in their eyes like through the smoke, through the doors like here I am <laughs> it's dusty Gooch everybody
1: <laughs> Tonight, Gary I will be Dusty
0: gooch Oh God but that's like you say though oh, how me. could his parents do him like that? I don't think Gooch was a thing 35 years ago or 40 years ago well I don't think no, why like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's not like as those dusty perineum, which would still, which wouldn't, wouldn't be quite the same, would it? Really? Dusty perineum. Oh, you, you, you boys got the fucking medical terms. Don't worry about me. We got all my dusty perineum. Dust. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now. <sighs> oh, dear it's, me. it's 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 very dumb, very very dumb. But oh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's, it's working. Who who doesn't who doesn't love it? Who doesn't? Loved, duh, Dusty, Dusty Gooch. Uh,
0: and you know what? Do you know so why? What? Do you know why I clicked on? Do you know why I, I even saw it? Because it was fucking trending on Twitter. That's why Dusty Gooch was trending on Twitter, oh, and mate, I'm that person who alive. went, "Why is Dusty Gooch trending? What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> so I just clicked on it. I had to click on
1: it. It's a thing of beauty. Bravo, Bravo to the HLC. They know how to do these things. They just choose not to most of the time.
0: Bravo as well to Mr and Mrs. Gooch, because they could have gone with something just like, I don't know, Carl or Greg or Brian. But no, Dusty. Well done, Mr and Mrs. Gooch. Wherever you are. Maybe they should be the first stars of the week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what over over Austin Matthews or over Elisa or Elisa? Both. Both. They did the <laughs> they did they did the world yeah, of they, service. They've
0: done done God's work there, haven't they? They brought us all together in the in the spirit of jokes.
1: Was it his destiny? His destiny?
0: It was his it was his destiny to do it. Speaking of perineums, uh, Mike Babcock is on the uh, his own. Uh, red- <laughs> I
1: was having a water break. sorry. As we as we talked he's about a massive, the, uh, he's a massive fucking gooch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Not even dusty as well. Not no dusty. It's full on. It's a. Uh, no, I can't say oily. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, that's bad, that's bad. As we discussed last week with the the Tony D'Angelo redemption story, Babcock's been doing the rounds since his being announced as the University of Saskatchewan head coach on a two-year deal. He's been doing the rounds, and I guess part of his kind of explanations for, for what happened and the the accusations leveled at him, this is this is clearly just a way to to worm his way back into the head coach conversation
1: in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, this is this has got to be the way to do it. But I don't, I don't necessarily think he needs to take that job. Where is it? At The fucking yeah, what University of Saskatchewan? Like, come on, mate. It's not even it's not even an NCAA team, not a program. Like even even taking a an NCAA job would seem below him at this point. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I don't think Mike Babcock needs to do more coaching to get his way back into the AHL, unless that's his. Do you know why I think he's Go on, go do you on. know why I think he's
0: doing it? No, why? Gen- genuinely, I think that he's realised I can't coach the way I want to coach, which is belittle everybody and be a complete shithouse. So what I'd better do is I'd better take a little job somewhere, because he's still getting paid but he's still getting paid six million dollars a year by the Leafs. Why would yeah. you give that up? Okay, why not? I'm still getting paid by the Leafs. I'll go and do a little secondment somewhere, a little bit of temping. Who had the, Who did we joke about the temp agency back in the day?
1: Oh, who oh, was it? Knows. That's that's a million. That's a that's one from the archives. Yeah.
0: That that's fucking yeah. That is an old deep deep cut. That is. But we we joked we joked about a hockey player having a temp agency. <laughs> anyway, he's gone to a temp agency and be, you know, oh can I uh, can I get a job somewhere? Well, oh, oh. University of Saskatchewan, Mike, I'll well, take it. And I think he's going there to try and to try out new methods of coaching, as in like a. Okay, I need to reintegrate myself back into coaching, and I need to think of ways to do it differently because I can't just go into a team now and be a complete fucking asshole because I'll get called out on it.
1: Yeah, I suppose if, if that's going to be like his attempt to prove or, or get like character references of like, look, here's practical uh, situations where he's proven that he can change his behaviour. Because ultimately, the league, the league won't care about whether he's a dickhead, do they? It's just about whether he can, no, of not. be professional enough to not be a dickhead on company time. That's all it is. That's all they'll want. That's all. Yeah, and they don't. They GM don't want Zones him to get want.
0: called out on it. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely, the league if...
0: don't care if he's a dickhead or not because he was being a dickhead for fucking years and years and years. As you mentioned, fucking listen to Chris Chelios, listen to fucking about the thing about Mike Madonna and all that shit. He was doing it for years and years and years, and nobody cared anything until somebody said, "Actually, a minute, I don't like this guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna publish his story." It's just they. It's just the league don't want it to come out that he's been a dickhead, because that's the thing that's gonna look bad
1: bad on the league. Yeah, it's can you can you rein it in, when uh when yeah can you rein it in full stop like when you go home be a dickhead all all you want mate all you fucking want, but as long as you're not a dickhead to fucking arena staff or Johan Franzen or young players or anyone really like that's I suppose that's what he's proving. And to an extent, I wouldn't be surprised if most NCAA colleges wouldn't be interested in him because of the nature of he's blatantly not going to be about for a while. I I think he's even said as such, like, it's a two-year full-time volunteer commitment. So, like, yeah, he's he's basically, he's not even getting paid for it. He said, I'm the transfer coach. I'm not here for, I'm not going to be here for 27 years. So it's like, all right. Weird one, not that surprising, but... Still still a little bit odd. Still a little bit odd. I'll, I'll be interested to see how long he he has to, has to grind it away in the fucking Canadian University Leagues for some desperate GM to get on the phone and be like, please, 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 we're four points out of the playoffs and we really, really need to make it and then get bounced in the first round in five games. Can you please come and help us, Mike, please?
0: I reckon he rocks up in Buffalo just to tie us back to last week's show.
1: Fucking... <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I mean he was it was down to Buffalo or Toronto in the first place, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure it was Buffalo or Toronto. I'm sure it was. Fucking maybe. <clears throat> that's what made me think of it then. Yeah, that's a good shout to be honest. And yeah. it's not it's not a different ownership group now, it's the same ownership group, so
1: I yeah, I wonder if well it's different different GM, but then I, I wonder if he could probably rock in there and be like, oh, Look, I'm gonna run the show. Kevin with a Y, you can uh, you can go back to business or whatever you were doing before. Um I'm in charge now. I wouldn't be surprised, and that's that's kind of a logical landing spot for him, given the success he had transitioning the Leafs into a good, a competitive team. Slightly different, given that the the Sabers have have the cornerstone pieces in place already, because like Babcock was there before Matthews was there before Miner was drafted. I think at least before Matthews, Miner, and Neilander came into the team. So that'd be a bit different, but I think that's that's the one that would make sense for him. Unless he just goes and joins the Coyotes in like a some massive dickhead circus of him and Morello and <laughs> I mean, the rest of them, isn't it?
0: Dickheadception,
1: mm. <laughs> like a Russian dollar dickheads.
0: The only other thing I will say is is that I he was on some sports show in Canada, and they were uh, obviously his his people kept saying he was a great coach, knows about the game, very knowledgeable fantastic at drawing up schemes or that kind of thing, but the like one of the worst human beings you'll ever meet. (laughs) Babcock's (laughs) Babcock's response to that was on this show, Well, I've got a great wife and great daughters. You you don't get to be you don't get to have those things if you're a bad human being. Which I thought, well, that's not really a defence, is it Mike? (laughs) I know plenty of dickheads who've got wives or husbands.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like fair play, I get I get what you're trying to say, but uh yeah that's not uh it's not, it's not how it goes really, is it?
0: Having kids doesn't make you a good person. Anybody can have kids. It's not like you have to pass some test before you can have a kid.
1: Like quotes, like, oh, thank what, God." My oldest daughter would always say to me, "Dad, it's not what you say; it's your tone." So I would maybe you should have been thinking about this all the time that people were saying, <laughs> telling you, like, "I've been, I've been told for years I've, I have issues with the way I treat people." But now it's coming to I of me—the mean, consequences of my actions. Who could have seen this coming? <laughs>
0: that's a fantastic point actually my daughter would always say these things to me Mike maybe listen to your daughter maybe she should be your assistant so she can just say Oi <laughs> stop being a dickhead and you're oh sorry
1: sorry if only there were some uh... warning signs to uh, to help me realise the error of my ways sooner yeah like the fact my, do- my daughter keeps calling me out on it
0: <laughs> Christ almighty alright let's finish on this absolute fucking wild story featuring Artemi Panera which is just fucking nuts I'm not going to... Obviously, we don't know what's going on. I'm not going to try and proclaim innocence or guilt or anything. Either way, it's just fucking nuts. But uh, Andre Nassarov, who was, I believe, his coach in the K in uh, 2011, when he was playing there, alleged that Panarin, when he was 20 years old, beat up an 18-year-old girl in a, in a hotel bar. This hasn't been substantiated or proven The rumour is, is that this is, and this is where it gets fucking insane, this is a political hit because Panarin is very much anti-Putin. We spoke about because he did an interview about 18 months ago or about two years ago and we spoke about it then, about how outspoken he is against Putin and how weird it was because seemingly every other Russian player, fucking like Ovi with Putin team and all that kind of thing, seems to toe the company line as it were i don't know if they like him i don't know if they like putin or not
1: maybe they are just scared of him this is fucking nuts it's it's mad isn't it and like it's it's such a hard subject to talk about accurately and like because the last thing we want to do is ever ever accuse anyone of of making things up and like I, I suppose the fortunate thing about this is it's not the victim themselves that has come up and so the, the alleged victim that has come out and said this so it's more Nazarov versus panarin rather than the 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 alleged victim because like I, I you know victim blaming and supporting sports megastars over victims of, of violence or, or whatever it might be is is such a horrible aspect of, of this industry and like the fandom and stuff but that whole the fact that it's Panarin, a Russian player who is outspoken about Putin, just puts in such an extra wrinkle. Because arguably, if it weren't Panarin, if it was any other player, you you probably err on the side of like, yeah, I fucking believe it. Why you anonymous NHL player? Uh, you know, physically assaulted a woman in their in their uh, early in their career. Probably fucking did because they're all pieces of shit or like by and large bad people. But oh, yeah, to have. To have it come out like this is just very, very confusing. Like I, I just, I, just, I hope the I hope the truth comes out. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't care if Panarin's admonished of it or not. I just want it, want the truth to come out. Like I want to know. I want, I want him to, to do time if he did. What's the quote from Nazarov? Send her to the floor with several powerful blows, which sounds like a fucking vicious beating. If that is an accurate re- recollection of it. But at the same time, like yeah, I want Panarin to be, yeah, just want just, just want the truth to go, because what can you say? At the moment, it's, it's it's you know a former coach accusing a former player of something quite heinous, a heinous crime, but with the quite clear potential for ulterior motives to to defame Artemi Panarin. It's very complicated and very confusing. <laughs>
0: It's very complicated because um, the the upshot of this was that Panarin has said that he believes his family is now in danger. So the Rangers have basically given him a leave of absence until this can hopefully get sorted out. There's no timeline on his return. His cat pit still stands. So looking at it from a Rangers hockey point of view, the Rangers are kind of, oh shit, we're now out our (laughs) 11.5 million dollars with a player who can't play at the moment. As with all this kind of, you know, lots of he said, she said, but... The I did see a quote today that Nazarov's out of work in the KHL and they believe that he's trying to please sort of political supporters of Putin to get a job. And the idea is is that he's going after Panarin because and the other thing was that the rumour was they didn't like each other when Panarin was playing for Nazarov, that they hated each other and did not have a good relationship. And that Nazarov's now kind of on his last legs in the K, looking to get a job somewhere, and nobody will seemingly give him a job. So he's trying to take down Panarin so that Putin could maybe go to a team and say, okay, you need to give this guy a job. And in, I was curious because I was wondering, like, we don't kind of hear, and cry. not to get all sort of, you know, two Brits, one politics, but I was watching something on Sky News last night about the reports of the way the news is reported in Russia and that kind of thing. And when there was the two women who staged a protest and ended up going to prison. And how free speech isn't a thing, and what
1: a pussy riot, or before that, well after that, like it might have been
0: before that, I think. But yeah, but either way, you know, it was you're basically shot down immediately if you if you try and uh, kind of drum up any support against Putin, and basic and basically in Russia right now, the the quote is if the responses are if people support Putin, they believe Nazarov. If they support uh, Navalny, who's the opposition leader, mm-hmm. they support Panarin, which just makes it even. This is like this is reminiscent of do you remember watch that um, Alex McGillney documentary? This is yeah, kind of yeah, getting yeah. some like Cold War vibes, you know. Yeah, it
1: it it's it, it very really feels that because it's like, oh you're man. going against the state and therefore you're an enemy of the state, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, it's it, it the the waters are further muddied on like outside perception of this and, and being able to really make an informed have an informed opinion on this because of the way as as you kind of touched on Dan like Russia is skew. our view of Russia is skewed by our own media as well like Russia yeah, and, sure. and China are so the closest thing to to different planets as, as far as I'm concerned on on the earth do you know what I mean just because of the lack of information the the conflicting reports coming out and there's there's such a political motivation from both sides as to what information is leaks out of Russia and what is fed to us by our own media companies and governments and stuff that it's who who knows, like I I think I don't want to speak too much on it because it is such a sensitive situation, but I like, I could I could believe either way. And and yeah, all it is is just fucking hope that it all gets cleared up And Because either way there is you know, whether it's true or not, you've got something quite serious happening here, which is either the deliberate defamation of Artemi Panarin or even worse, you know, an 18 year old woman had been savagely beaten. So yeah, as long as as long as either Panarin or Nazarov get their comeuppance for whatever they may or may not have done, that's the most important bit.
0: And just to yeah, just to put an end to this, there's there's been no more evidence has come forward since uh, Nazarov's made these claims, and the NHL has said that they're not going to investigate anything until they are. Shown or given some kind of proof or or some reason to basically, which I think is the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's, I can't say that. What, what, sorry, make I was just going to say what what can they because what can they investigate until the truth actually comes yeah, out? Do you know, it's do? not their it's not their responsibility. Like they've they've effectively suspended him with pay in a way via the team by giving him a leave of absence. Yeah, you know, in like a more gentle way than actively suspending him, a more compassionate way. But, yeah, until that's the right thing to do until anything more comes out, and then yeah, if it goes to a criminal court and he's found guilty or anything like that then then it's time for the n h l to act,
0: yeah, let's hope this gets sorted out quickly at least goodness me, yes, goodness me,
1: <laughs> yeah, for, right, for sure sake. one
0: today you've gotta to go and do a. Uh, you gotta go and do future baby things, don't you
1: yeah potentially yeah we're we're going to. Uh... Off to have a, have a wee little scan with 39 38 and 5 today so uh having a little scan make sure we any all right. day now any day yeah and it might be uh, might be sped up this afternoon so we shall see we shall see all right there we go thank you for listening everybody Will, any last words big up my wife she's she's battling really hard she's done really well all this time like thank you very much grace i love you very much and, and yeah you're doing great it's almost over
0: I mean let's be honest even if you didn't have any kids we should shout out your wife anyway for putting it with you there we go
1: hey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright take care everybody we'll talk to you next week peace